Welcome back to Beyond the Uniform. I'm Justin Asiri, and my goal is to help members of the military community thrive in their post-service career. Today's episode number 375, Business Development in the Defense Industry with Alan Hislop. You know, if you start doing an inventory of who you are and you really like dealing with people and you really like dealing with either technology or maybe it's software or maybe it's a product um, and you start seeing those things converge, you're probably a good fit for business development. I enjoy what I'm doing. I want to go talk to a customer and say, hey, what keeps you up at night? You know, what are the challenges you're having? Boy, that sounds like something we can help you with. Let's talk more about that. And I think if they see a sincerity and a trust and an honesty in you and a desire, right, that you're motivated to get out there and make this happen, which, oh, by the way, I got to say that, you know, OCS and working with the infantry guys and a lot of the things I did when, you know, going to Korea and so forth, um, those things really prepared, prepared me to have that can do everyday push forward kind of attitude. Well, I just finished up my conversation with Alan, and a couple things stand out to me. Uh, first of all, it's it's pretty surprising to me that it's taken 374 other episodes to get to the point of interviewing someone in the aerospace and defense industry. And, um, you know, it's it's surprising, first of all, because so many veterans go into this space. But more importantly, I, I feel like, Alan, in our conversation, we really flipped the script on my understanding of this industry. And what I mean by that is nearly all of the people I've interviewed on Beyond the Uniform talk about purpose and mission after military service. And Alan kind of surprised me when I was asking him to explain what he does for a living. He immediately went to that spot of he's continuing to support the military community. He's continuing to support his brothers and sisters who are still in uniform. And throughout our conversation that came through of like, wow, this is actually a really good fit for so many veterans, especially those who want to continue a similar sense of purpose that they felt that they likely felt in the military. Um, a second thing that really stood out to me with this conversation is we went deep down the rabbit hole on Alan's role, which is business development. And I know we've done a couple interviews on sales-related topics, but I think that you will really benefit from Alan's story. He has over 20 years of experience in business development. And I love so much of what comes through in this, but let's just say in, in a nutshell, it's not what you expect from a sales-related role. And the way that Alan comes across just as a human being, as well as how he explains why veterans are so well-suited to this, it really goes against most of the stereotypes that I have of salespeople. And it comes down to listening to others, being curious about them, and figuring out how you can help them and deliver value. And even if you're not interested in the defense industry or business development in particular, it's still worth listening because, um, you know, in my experience, uh, every, every role that you will have has some element of quote-unquote sales. And the relational things that Alan talks about this interview are, are I'm sure, going to help you in your career. 
As always at beyondtheuniform.org, you'll find show notes for this episode. You'll find links to everything we discuss, as well as a link and information about SCI. We haven't done a lot of coverage of companies in this space, but I appreciate Alan's perspective and want to give some, some notes there about the company he works for. So with that, let's dive in to my conversation with Alan. Joining me today in Huntsville, Alabama, my guest is Alan Hislop. Alan, welcome to Beyond the Uniform. Glad to be here. Thanks. Let me give listeners a, a very abbreviated bio for Alan. He's responsible for the global business development for the IMS business segment within SCI, which includes customer relations, program performance, and the acquisition of new and follow-on business. Alan brings more than 20 years of experience in the integrated manufacturing industry. During this period, he's held positions at PV, PIVC, LLC, ST Microelectronics, and uh, Sanminia SCI. Alan served on active duty with the U.S. Army, with the U.S. Army Reserves in New York, and with the Alabama National Guard in Huntsville. Alan graduated from the U.S. Army Officer Infantry School in Fort Benning, Georgia, and holds a Bachelor of Electrical Engineering degree from the University of Alabama, Huntsville, and an Associate of Applied Arts and Sciences from Clinton Community College. He and his wife, Olga, have six boys. Um, <laughs> so, Alan, um, I'll, I'll make space for you to add anything to that bio, but I, I got to ask about the six boys because I got I got one that that's 19 months old and is and is running my life. I can't even imagine with six of them. <laughs> I'll tell you, the military background lends itself daily to uh, the command and control of that small army. But uh, we are a blended family of four of mine and two of hers, so it's it's uh, a great opportunity for sure. I love them. That's awesome. That's great. Anything, anything else to add about that bio before we move on? No, it's, thank you. That's uh, kind of, uh, kind of it. That's the background. Well, let's, let's start by rewinding the clock and, and take us back to the transition that you went through when you, um, when you left the military and entered the civilian workforce, what was that transition like? I'll tell you. Um, so there was a couple transitions for me because I did have a stint with the reserve. So um, some of it was concurrent. So unlike a lot of the guys that have been on active duty for a long period of time, mine was more um, kind of a meshing two uh, things together because I had a chance to be in the guard, work on my engineering degree, and um, also work in industry. I being here in Huntsville, there's a lot of opportunity to co-op and so forth. So um, for mine, it wasn't just a stop and then start. It was kind of a lot of things going together. So I'm probably a little unique in that way. Was it, was it helpful to have that, to be able to kind of simultaneously be gaining exposures in different areas? Oh, for sure. For sure. Being able to, um, I guess, have a foot in still being able to serve and uh, being in the uh, National Guard here in Huntsville, um, as well as going to school and working in industry really uh, provide me a, a great opportunity to, you know, pull from so many different areas. So um, I would recommend it, although it was hard at the time and didn't really realize it at the time, how difficult it was. Um, but it really, you know, really prepped me very well for um, what was coming in my civilian career. And I want, I want to kind of, 
in a moment take listeners from your journey from leaving the army to, to where you are now. But let's let's fast forward because I want them to have some context. If you um, if you bumped into someone from the Marine Corps on the streets and they said, "Hey, Alan, what do you do for a living?" How do you answer that? That's a good question. Um, what I always say is, I still serve uh, our our warfighter in a unique way through um, continuing to, to manufacture uh, critical key components for the warfighter and also continue working with them, right? We, we have lots of opportunity to interface with the end customer. Uh, just the week before last, I was at my son's promotion out at Fort Bliss and had a great conversation with some of the end users of some of the content that we provide. So, you know, I, I get the opportunity to meet a lot of um, soldiers in uniform, a lot of warfighters in uniform, and we do have that conversation. And they're really intrigued because a lot of them are thinking, what am I going to do and what does it look like and what are some of the challenges? And I always try to reassure them that there is so much opportunity based on what you've done in the military in ways that you'll never even realize. Things like, you know, just, just having that discipline and the ability to kind of push through or soldier on uh, through a circumstance that I really feel that I wouldn't have the same outlook and persistence and determination if I hadn't have had the military background. So yeah, it's a great question. And, and I love, one thing I love in your response is that um, you were able to I'm guessing I'm filling in some blanks here, but I'm guessing you found a lot of fulfillment in the military and and a lot of purpose in the military. And and when you took off that uniform, you're still you're still serving that purpose in a, in a different way, and you're supporting these people. So I love that through line of what you did in the military, and and in many ways you're continuing to support in your career now. Yeah, there's you, you know you. Uh, I guess I, I always like to say I never really take off the uniform because you can't put the genie back in the bottle. You always have those elements of the training and the things that you've learned and um, it just doesn't go away. And, you know, somebody asked me recently, do you feel, you know, kind of, I guess it was in lead up to this interview. Do you, do you really feel like, you know, you use the tools? Do you really feel like that, you know, there's, um, an application to the things that you've learned. I said, oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, I, I feel like I'm so much more equipped. And at the time when I was, you know, serving, I didn't really see that, you know, of course being younger and not really seeing, you know, into the future, but I really draw on those experiences on a daily basis. And I think it really, you know, helps me um, throughout the career. I've never had to look for a job. I've never really had to, you know, be out on the street, so to speak. I've had employers um, one after another seek me out. And I think a lot of that is because I'm still in the industry, um, still serving the warfighter, and they see, um, it, it kind of gives you a leg up, right? They see in you, they already know that, well, you know, most likely he's gonna be disciplined, most likely he's gonna be squared away, most likely he has the tools, you know, to be a leader and a self-starter and things like that. I think that is a key thing for those transitioning um, out of the military into the civilian career um, are just, you know, embedded things in them that 
they may not even realize that those are skills that are transferable, but they really are. There's a lot of things we don't have to train new people that have been out of the military that, you know, you kind of have to if somebody's never been in, you know, never had that experience. And, and also for, for listeners, could you give us the 30,000 foot view on SCI and, and, and what you do as an organization? Sure. Um, SCI is a, we, we really have two divisions. We have products, things that we design and manufacture and sell directly to our government customers or the big tier one defense contractors. Um, I, I work for and represent the, um, we call it electronic manufacturing services or here integrated manufacturing services where we will take a customer's design and manufacture a component that goes into um, either a radar or a missile system or a ground uh, tactical vehicle. So we have uh, a very diverse customer base and a very diverse um, you know, set of things that we manufacture, mostly electronic subcomponents, black boxes, things like that. So that's kind of in a nutshell. I could go on for a couple of hours and really provide you a lot more, but uh, we are in a unique position at, at SCI um, in that we have been in the industry since the early 60s. And a lot of people say, well, what does SCI stand for? It stands for Spacecraft Incorporated because in the early days we built um, a lot of line replaceable units for the Saturn V program and the Voyager. So we have components that have left the galaxy. And um, so rich heritage, a lot of capability, and we're really in the epicenter of a lot of um, what's going on here in Huntsville, especially with the Army. And so if we, you know, one thing I want to rewind the clock on with this too, I think there's there's two pieces I really want listeners to walk away with an understanding. And, and, and we can retweak these, but... Um, the first one that stands out to me is, is your path into electronic manufacturing or electronic manufacturing services into that industry. Mm-hmm. And then the second path is, is what I would call more of the functional role of your path into business development. And so could you describe kind of um, how you transitioned from the military and chose both that industry and that function, but also what that journey was like up until this point? Sure. Uh, Great question again. Um, So for me, I want to say the industry found me. Um, When I first, I I really wanted to be an electrical engineer after getting a a degree in psych and sociology. Uh, Just intrigued me. And I had a a roommate whose girlfriend was driving a BMW. I'm like, hey, what do you do? (laughs) You're obviously doing really well. And she said, well, I'm a field sales engineer. I'm like, wow. And learn more about it and went into engineering. But, uh, you know, I came out of, um, I graduated from UAH with a BSWE, and I started working on the Star Wars program for a local contractor right out of high school, I'm sorry, right out of college. And um, about six months into it, my boss and I had a, uh, a review, and he said, you know, Hislop, I really don't think that you're cut out to be in a room working with documents. You just have too much presence, and you're really a people person. So he actually put me in touch with a local uh, rep firm and um, they hired me on the spot. And uh, so I've been in, I started out in component sales, right? Um, Working with a big uh, automotive customer at the time. 
And I did that for a little while and still being in the reserves, I it just kept having opportunities hit me to go to start working in defense and aerospace. So I really got to say the, the industry found me and um, I have always tried to align my skill set and the things that I like to do with technology. So it just really fit very well. And business development is really at the tip of the spear of what's going to happen, what you're going to see out in the field, what you're going to see next at the show. So we're really at the cutting edge of what's coming next. And to me that I find that just utterly exciting because, you know, I'm one of those guys who looks at the spy photos or the next vehicle that's coming out, you know? And so I think just really aligning your, your core skill set and what, you know, wakes you up with a spark in your step in the morning and using your education background. If you can get those things to line up, you'll have a good day every day, pretty much. I, I love this. I, I want to ask a couple follow-up questions here. But one thing is, um, as you think of like business development and you think of yourself and your personality, could you kind of share like what what is it that, that how is it that you knew that that was was right for you. And, and I, I want to say for listeners, of course, there's many flavors and many different personalities, but I just want to use Alan as almost like a, um, a whiteboard to say like, this is, this is kind of one personality and why this career path was, was, um, was appealing in case people share those characteristics. But I also don't want to in any way make this seem like, you know, this is the mold for it, but you're at least one example of someone who's well suited to this. Well, thank you. Um, I see a lot of different entry points, but I think um, for me, I know I just knew when I was a kid and I had a paper route and my brothers, older brothers had the same paper route. And my mother used to complain, why does it take you three hours to go collect? Because back then you used to go to everybody's house and collect the money once a month and your brothers would get it done in an hour. I'm like, well, I don't know. I like to talk and they give me cookies and, you know, I like to get to know more about what's going on. So I think if you have a bent, and I love being a bartender and things like that, I love talking with people and getting them talking and hearing their story. So I think if you have a bent towards, you know, wanting to hear and being interested in, in talking with people, first of all, that's paramount, right? Because you're going to be meeting a lot of new people and you're going to be, be dealing with rejection and that kind of thing. Um, so if you have that as a, a core um, part of you and you get excited, right? You know, there, you, in psychology, there's introverts and, um, you know, extroverted introverts and then extroverts. Well, I'm, I guess, more of an uh, introverted extrovert. So, you know, I love talking with people, but I also like working with the programs and that side of things. So, you know, if you start doing an inventory of who you are and you really like dealing with people and you really like dealing with either technology or maybe it's software or maybe it's a product um, and you start seeing those things converge, you're probably a good fit for business development. Of course, I didn't see that at the time. It just seemed like a good fit, right? I enjoy what I'm doing. I want to go talk to a customer and say, hey, what keeps you up at night? You know, what are the challenges you're having? Boy, that sounds like something we can help you with. Let's talk more about that. And I think if they see a sincerity and a trust and an honesty in you, and a desire, right, that you're motivated to get out there and make this happen, which, oh, by the way, I got to say that, you know, OCS and working with the infantry guys 
and a lot of the things I did when, you know, going to Korea and so forth, um, those things really prepared, prepared me to have that can do every day, push forward kind of attitude. So hopefully that helps. And I, I, I love that. No, I love that too, because my perception sometimes is that people in the military have an aversion to anything sales related. And there was a great snippet in there where you talked about, you know, what I heard you saying was how you are helping people. Like you're literally getting to know them and what they need and finding ways to improve their life. And I think that that's a beautiful example of how business development and sales can be approached. Because I think that most veterans, they want to help others. They want to solve problems. And they may be turned off to sales or business development from a perception that it's um, like a used car salesman or trying to take advantage of someone. But you're showing a really great example of you know trying to help people, trying to make their lives better. And I think that's really great for listeners to hear. Yeah, so I guess that's why they don't call it business development because yes, you are at the end of the day, you're selling, right? You're selling your services. But the sale is made through finding a need and lining it up with a capability. And unless those two things are there, you know, we're not selling screws and fasteners. We're selling a service that we have to find if we have that capability that aligns with the need from our customer. And you know, like uh, one time I was in a boardroom and there were all these, you know, high level executives. And I looked around the room and I saw all this fear on their faces and not fear of, um, you know, that we couldn't do it. But it was they just didn't know us. And I stopped what I was saying. and I said, look, I can tell that you guys in this room, guys, gals, the, you know, that you're afraid that you're not sure if you can trust us and you're not going to know until you award the business to us, you move forward. So unless you're willing to move forward, unless you're willing to take that leap of faith, we might as well just pack up, you know, go have a sandwich, say goodbye and off we go. And, you know, I think at that point they, they saw a level of sincerity and uh, willingness. It just kind of took all the air out of the room. But I'm saying all that to, to come to this point that, in business development, the thing that's so attractive to me is I have an innate desire to, to, to help people. And I think that's come through just a lot of life experiences. And this enables me to, you know, successfully push our company forward and allow it to grow, successfully have somebody who has a need. And, and we can, through developing a process or, or a core capability or leveraging something that we already do, Sorry, my computer thing. Um, so when all that comes together, it's just a it's just a great day. What a feeling when you see, you know, this product going down the, the assembly line, the customers there, and there's all this excitement. Yeah, there's gonna be issues and we have to figure a lot of things out. Always are issues, and that's something that you just work through. But when that product is going and we're at the final assembly and we see, you know, a cruise missile or we see, you know, a radar going together and it's being tested and everything. And you've had a part of that. What a great day. What a, a sense of accomplishment for the whole team. So, you know, to me, that's something that propels me forward and something that that is very exciting is when we get to have that final product hit, hit the battlefield or um, be a, a augmented capability or something like that. 
I love that example too, because it shows how you were reading the room and you sensed that the, that there there was that missing trust component. And in that moment, you you dropped the plan and the presentation, you you pivoted to kind of address that head on and took a risk. And I hope listeners appreciate the complexity of that, of being able to in real time assess the situation and change course of action and take a risk that in this case paid off. And I'm I'm also hoping that listeners realize like, okay, especially for our listeners who are on active duty. Yes, you've never, likely you've never been in a room and been presenting something to a group of executives like this, but you may be able to relate in your own background of times where you have changed a plan mid-stroke, which is a very difficult thing to do, but something that I think we get experience doing in the military is adapting with the circumstances. And I, I wanted to, to double click on that a little bit, go a little bit deeper of just painting the picture of the types of things that you do. We got a little vignette there of seeing you presenting, but if someone's never heard about business development, could you just kind of maybe, whether it's a typical week in the last couple of years or a typical day or a typical month, paint that picture for them of the types of things that you're doing and what your day-to-day life looks like. Sure. Um, Typically what we'll do is we'll identify what, you know, when, when we have customers assigned to us or whatever, we'll, we'll identify who the key players are and the decision makers and the programs. And we initially try to get the best idea we can of where the customer has the needs and kind of circle the wagons around that and get into the process of getting a quote or an RFQ, a request for a quote. And so m- the majority of the time, we spend here is working through quotes because we're more mature in the sales process, but a a business development person might enter the field with, here's your account, go find something. This is what we already know. Here's a starting point, but you, you just really have to go out as a hunter and you start finding where the opportunities are. Um, And then you transition to, okay, I've established rapport with my customer. I've established, an understanding, they know me, I know them, now I'm in the quote cycle with my competitors, and then you will get the request for a quote, and you're, you work in conjunction to find what the, the themes are, what the important uh, elements are um, to have a compliant response back to your customer. So on any given week, you'll, have, you'll be in multiple layers of this, right? I'll be out talking with new prospective customers, or I'll be working on a proposal um, that's due in in the near future. Or um, another aspect of that is the account management hat that you wear, right? Where you're working with an existing program, an existing customer, and maybe you're attending calls or meetings to better understand the current state of that program. So it's kind of multifaceted and you really have to have a diverse skill set where you have the the capability to understand the, the business and understand what it is that we're doing, right? Um, have a skill set, and that's where the engineering comes in. Have the self-discipline and time management to be able to um, adequately provide your uh, human uh, resource, your your available time to get those various things done. So it takes a high level of organization 
and to be able to adapt because this this um, is is a constantly changing right this week it might be um oh, you know I'm gonna go see a bunch of customers um, you know do a lot of grip and grin maybe I'm going to a show while simultaneously I'm, I'm working on a uh, quote and I'm tied back to the plant being on some of these calls or giving a tour or something like that so um, you're never bored <laughs> you're never really looking for something to do um, so that's kind of hopefully I answered your question um, I think that's great. I, I appreciate the nuance that you brought there. And, and I just want to replay this back to make sure I'm understanding, but it's um, there's almost like the one piece of this that I, I view as a little bit more uh, forward where you're going out making new relationships. Like it's more maybe what people think of in terms of sales of establishing a relationship and saying like, okay, maybe there's a way to work together. You've got a second component that's more, refining that proposal and you've got the relationship with some some set of clients and you're now figuring out how can we build something for these people how can we find a solution for their unique needs how can we beat the competition and and win this contract there's that set and then you've got that account management piece of the customers that you have brought on and making sure that they're happy and continuing that relationship and maybe seeing if there's an opportunity to go even deeper there so i, I want to just check and make sure i understood that but there's almost like these three buckets and i can imagine how that variety makes your life Perhaps, perhaps overwhelming at times, but also gives you a lot of variety where you're playing, you're stretching different muscles, you're playing different positions on the field. Sure. Yeah, there's, and, and, and it changes, you know, there, there, there may be a, a business development type of position where you're just purely hunting, go find the opportunities and other teams handle that. That's just kind of unique to maybe our size of company and the way we're structured, but um from from you know knowing hundreds of business development, that's kind of the, what I what I describe as kind of what the norm is across um, what we do. So it's it's really a high level of of selling and management and that kind of thing, where that military background or the things that um, uh, we're accustomed to. Because let's face it, you know you may be. You know, you may be a cook or a clerk or somebody behind the scenes that's uh, combat support or something like that. And then you're thrust into a different, you're cross-trained into something different. Well, you know, it's here, you know, change is the norm, right? Things change. Uh, ask anybody in the military, change is the norm. And so the two lend themselves very well. And I think the skill set that um, our soldiers and sailors and Marines and airmen are learning and that core is so vital in the civilian world because anymore there's not just you know you're not just a you know one cog in the wheel we have to be with with workforces diminishing and things shrinking and having to wear multiple hats um the, the those core uh skill sets are more vital today than i think ever and like you said earlier, I've been doing this for a while, so we've seen a lot of transitions in the market. What about, um, you know, in, in, in your case, you have an engineering background, you did electrical engineering, like you've got these, these technical chops. If, if someone's considering business development at a company like, uh, like SCI, or let's just say in the aerospace and defense industry, 
how how essential is it to have a technical background either in the military or after the military? So for a company like us, it's not mandatory. We have some salespeople that really don't have a technical background. For me, I found it very helpful. I can go out on the line with one of the engineers and he can tell me what the problem is. And I think I have a leg up, but it's not imperative. I mean, I, I wouldn't say, oh my gosh, I don't have a, a engineering degree. So I guess I'm not even a consideration. Um, those other skill sets of being able to identify, identify an opportunity plus, since we're our customers, the majority of everyone that I deal with in my customer base used to have a uniform on, right? Or they've worked with them for a lot, a long time. So we kind of have the same language. Um, so I wouldn't say it's mandatory, but it certainly would help. And if you're considering an education path and, you know, you want to get into um, technology, I would recommend um, an engineering degree, but not, it's not mandatory. Don't let that scare you away. Um, because there's always engineers that can help you. It's more about collaborating um, and being responsive. I mean, just really, hey, I don't have an answer today, but I'm working on it for you. Um, and um, if you can be responsive and you can be trustworthy and you are willing to help and your, you know, your company has a good um, resume and a good reputation, you are going to be fine. You're going to be fine. You'll you, you'll be better than 90% of them out there. I, I love that too, because when you put it like that, I can see why veterans would be really well suited here. You know, they're responsive. They're able to kind of break through walls and figure out how to solve a problem. They're trustworthy. You know, I tend to think that most veterans spike on, on relationship fronts. They're good at establishing rapport and good at building a relationship. So I'm seeing how just, um, kind of what I view as, as foundational elements for many people who serve, that could be a, an incredible asset in the type of work that you're doing. Yes. And I think, you know, you just look at it when somebody goes off to basic training, all of a sudden you go from, you know, this level of comfort and understanding that you've known all your life. And all of a sudden you're thrust in with a huge array of different people with different backgrounds. Right. And then you go off to your duty station and then, you know, you meet a whole nother group of people in AIT or whatever. Um, so you're constantly being thrust into situations of uncertainty and unknown. And you kind of become accustomed that, you know, I can pretty much handle any of these situations. Well, in business development, you're constantly meeting new people. You're constantly um, meeting a whole new program, maybe a whole new customer. So that level of apprehension or fear is really gone away because you're conditioned to it. Well, where else are you going to learn that? Sure, you go to college and you meet a lot of people there, and then you go into the workplace and you meet a lot of people there. But I'm telling you, it's a very different story with what um, our, our troops and our veterans go through and the, the types of things that they learn um, far, far outweigh what you can learn anywhere else. Just my opinion, but that's, I feel like it makes, uh, it, it makes our um, veterans a, a much better candidate to, to go into business development. So, uh, you know, there's a lot of things that you don't have to train them. Don't be afraid of that. It's okay. They're, they're not going to bite you. You don't have to tell them any of that stuff. And they get up and present because, you, you know, when you're in the military, you're briefing staff, you're briefing, you know, 
you know, officers and high-ranking NCOs, and you, at some point, you overcome that fear, and it's like, uh, it's just, you know, a colonel or whatever. So anyway, long story short, um, for the types of things that I see in what I do, I feel the veterans have a leg up, definitely. And I want to ask about uh, preparing for, if someone's excited about this, preparing for a, a role in business development. I want, to, I want to bookmark for listeners, people who've listened to the show before, they've probably heard my shtick on this. But one of the advantages of going to a larger company like SCI is there's lots more training resources. There's a lot more guidance you know, versus my, my path in entrepreneurship. You're kind of sink or swim. There's not a lot of, of manuals or handholding. But I, I'm curious if someone is listening and they're like, you know, this is actually um, business development and this industry, this is interesting to me. Of course, they can get on the job training when they go there. But is there any advice you have, anything they could be doing today even? Is there a certification? Is there a book that you found useful or a podcast or anything that they could do to start building muscles that they may need to take to, to to grow into to be successful in this sort of role um wow that's how do you prepare um i you know i took a lot of the carnegie courses which i thought were hokey and all that kind of stuff before i really got into them but um i learned a lot from that from just really understanding what people you know the way people think and that kind of thing um there's a lot of good books out there on um, interrelationship kind of things, how to deal with people, any of those kind of things are really good. Be the more you can learn about um, what drives people and what makes them tick and the types of people is really helpful because you got to be able to read people. You got to be able to understand what they're thinking even when they aren't speaking. And, you know, 80, 90% of, uh, of communication is nonverbal. Um, so anything that you can do and along that line. Now, as far as going into business development, a lot of that is on the job training and, um, you know, really, really learning the company and the way the company operates. When you work in defense contracting, there's so much to learn about, you know, federal acquisition regulations and that kind of thing that we have to adhere to. So those kind of things um, and the parts that are important to us, we can, we can provide that training. We want to, I would prefer somebody come in as a blank sheet that I can teach, right? If they're just coming into, into that, then try and break a bunch of bad habits later. Um, so um, yeah, I've read a lot of good books on, on sales and that kind of thing, but none of them really resonated with me to what I could say is, man, go read this book. It'll help you tremendously. And what we do. Um, again, I think if you have that core willingness to help and you really are energized by talking to people, if you have those two things and you can check those boxes, you have about 80% of what it's going to take to be successful, assuming that you know, you're uh, self-disciplined and all those kind of things. One of the things I'm appreciating as you were answering that is it kind of clicked for me where when you talked about the interrelationship books, I'm like, oh man, Alan uh, found a career path that that leveraged his experience with, um, psych I, th I think you had said psychology for, you know, you'd learned about that initially, you're leveraging the electrical engineering, like it's, it's, it's really cool to see 
how each of those plays in. I don't think I picked up on that at first where it's like, oh yeah, there is a tremendous portion of your job that is about relationships. And I could see where either that background in psychology or reading those interrelationship books, how to deal with people, things like that, understanding people, that's a component that didn't, didn't click for me until you said that. Yeah, I think bartending helped more than anything. <laughs> um, <laughs> That's awesome. You know, but really, you know, in, when you're talking to somebody, am I resonating with you? Is what we're communicating? Is it, you know, are, are, am I furthering what you need and understanding and and just putting yourself out of the way, right? Because when I first started in the industry, I thought, well, you know, whatever I told them, that would be great, and this is a product, and blah blah blah. And then I realized, you know, I'm not listening. I'm not really trying to understand um, what it is that you need, Mr. Customer, Mrs. Customer. And when I, when I started doing that and just got myself out of the equation, right, because I'm not the important part here, what your, what your customer's needs are and what your company's capabilities are, that's what's important, right? So if you can draw, and I don't mean, you know, when you say, you know, people skills, it's not about manipulating or trying to, coerce somebody that stuff doesn't work that's your car salesman right um when you're really truly interested and i always thought it was cliche right when you, when you're really truly in interested in somebody then the magic starts to happen when they really get that you call them out of the blue hey how are things going today or you call an old customer wow i, I really enjoyed working with you you know and then that customer may call you again and you know, you, you're just interested in their livelihood. You get to know their families. You get to know a lot about them. Then you know you've, you're really where you need to be because they know that you really care and you're not about the sale. You're about them and what their needs are. Then you've hit a home run. That's what's important. I, 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 it's so crazy you're saying this. I think this is so powerful for listeners. What, what, what's really resonating for me is, is first of all, this piece of being others centric. And second of all, this piece of listening and, and literally right before Alan, and I hopped on this, this meeting here, I was meeting with Tom Kent, who was on the show previously. Tom talked about LinkedIn and optimizing LinkedIn. And we're just, you know, he's helping me out with my LinkedIn profile and my LinkedIn outreach to customers. And he was looking at my emails and just saying like, man, this is all about you. It's I, 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 I. It's like, there's no curiosity about the person you're reaching out to and you're not learning about them exactly what you were just saying. And I've, I've done this stuff for, you know, 10 years since the military. And it was what you just said, Alan, I just want to underscore for listeners is there's so much power in that, that, you know, to be successful in business development and in sales and arguably in life, there is that piece about being focused about on the other person and being curious about how you can help them. And I hope for listeners that also shifts your perception of sales. It's not like the, the braggadocious salesperson who's just talking about themselves. It's really being curious and understanding, okay, who is this person? What do they need to make their life easier? How can I help? I think that's a message that would resonate with so many veterans. That's, that's something that they would be really good at. Absolutely. I, I, I think that's true because, you know, you, you're out there on a lot of times by yourself, making new friends and that kind of thing. And, the guys who I saw that really excelled were the ones that got to know the people around them and were genuinely caring because the army thrusts you together. You got a battle buddy, you've got somebody that you're, you know, especially when you start be becoming an NCO, you, 
you know, you, you have your, you know, your squad, your unit, your platoon, whatever, um, that you care for and you are ultimately responsible for them and their well-being. You know, and how does that apply to what we do in business? Well, you look at your customer. If I'm really going to be a supplier, I have to look out for their well-being. I have to care for them and be concerned about what we're providing to them, quality compliant hardware on time every time, right? And, you know, so you get involved, you, 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 you become like the, uh, you know, the mad hatter. You, you start finding ways where you can in, inject yourself in the process because I don't care where you work. There's going to be holes and gaps in an organization, no matter how big they are, prolific, how well-structured. So you find those gaps as the account manager and you, you jump in there, you smoke jump in and you find the solution or you help bridge two people to communicate, whatever that is. But it's all about, you know, you're driven by trying to help. You're not driven by a paycheck. If that's, if that's your, you know, your end goal, you're probably not going to do great. But if you're driven by the success of your customer and you know they're going to come back because they, they, they see greatness in what you're doing and you're helping with the communication, you're helping manage, you're helping all these things, and you have a happy customer, the money and other things will follow, right? And your happiness will follow with that. So that's great. That's great. And I also wanted to make a little bit more space too. I know we've, we've gone deeper on the business development side, but what advice do you have for listeners about why they may like uh, the aerospace industry, the defense industry, why they might like a company like SCI? Well, um, you know, so for me, for me personally, I, I, I'm, I like being in defense contracting because I like to see, you know, um, um, I feel like, you know, I, I did commercial for a while and on the commercial side, everything was so far removed. Um, you know, we had plants in China and, you know, Mexico and this stuff would go down the line somewhere in some far off place. And here I get to see the whole spectrum from the very front where we're talking with our customers engineering and what the requirements are, I get to see it come in house. I get to go out there on the line and physically see that. I get to have the customer in. So, you know, you can see the whole end to end and the customer will invite you out and say, hey, look, there's your parts going into the higher level assembly. So in the defense and aerospace arena, I get to see the whole gambit. Yeah, if you were working in an automotive plant, I guess you could see that too. But I, I just, I love, um, you know, what we do here. I love working with our customers. Um, I think the, um, the defense and aerospace structure has, and I say structure, the, the types of guidelines and things that we adhere to, uh, for me, just resonate as a more structured, less loosey-goosey. You know, in the consumer world, they'll kick you to the curb over, you know, a penny right? Oh, we're going to go the other guy's cheaper. Here we have dedicated long-term customers that we have a value position and they stick with us. Okay. So there's, there's a long-term relationship and there's a customer commitment to us and us to them in this relationship that's found nowhere else in the industry that I've seen. And I've worked commercial for several years and I've worked defense and aerospace to me. It's just far and above a better scenario, I think, for um, veterans. I think they'll feel more at home than in 
a dog-eat-dog consumer setting. Just my take. I I love that too, because I think it's it's surprising. This is you know three hundred and seventy five episodes in. We haven't done a lot in the on the defense industry, and what comes through for me is so many of the guests I have on the show talk about the the vacuum in their life and identity when they left the military, where they didn't have either a clear purpose or this really clear mission, and and right from the start when we started the conversation, like I can see how this this is. Um, filling that need. You're still supporting the cause. You're still supporting your brothers and sisters, you know, in uniform. So it's really, um, it's very compelling to hear that. I could see why this would be a good fit for so many listeners because it's, it's carrying that mission forward in a different way, but still extending that. Um, I, I also wanted to ask about um, your decision, you, you decided to continue in the reserves. And I know that that's often a decision point for veterans when they leave the military. What advice would you give to someone about considering whether or not to uh, continue in the reserves? Um, you know, it's, it's a personal preference thing. And uh, I wanted to continue and I, I really wanted to stay until I retired. But um, the the decision for me was kind of twofold. Number one, I was still working on my engineering degree and I needed cash, right? So that was one steady in income stream I knew was going to be there. And, you know, I had been in and went through OCS. So it, it wasn't the, the exit point for me. And the Alabama National Guard was awesome. I really enjoyed that. Um, you know, I have to say, I used to make fun of the guard and the, the reserves when I was on active duty, but, uh, I tell you, we there's some pretty squared away folks, and I, I really enjoyed it. So, the the thing there is, if you you know if if you really want to stay in the military, you want to get your 20 in, and and you want to um, you feel like you're not ready, quite ready to get out. It's it's a good conduit um, for many reasons, right? So um, that's kind of my story. I wanted to stay in. I was working on my engineering degree. That's great. Well, I always like to keep the last question open-ended. We've covered a lot of ground on, on business development and sales and the defense industry and the reserves. I'm sure there's things we haven't covered as well. So I, I'd like to make space for you either to share anything you think would be relevant that we haven't talked about or, or just any final words of wisdom before we wrap up. Oh, um, Let's see. I'm not squirming in my chair. One of my armrests is not working. Um, so, uh, you know, I just want to say, um, first of all, thank you for the opportunity. Uh, hopefully something I said out there resonates with somebody and it's a aha moment. Hopefully, um, you know, I hope and pray. Uh, I do, you know, I do have to say that um, in, in this industry that we work in and, and still being a part of things, I get the opportunity a few times a year to speak and to, listen to um, the warfighter and the things that, you know, hearing from all of you that are still out there and, um, you know, you haven't got your DD-214 yet, um, uh, your final one, that is. And the, um, the opportunity to, to, to be in this industry and still have, I guess, uh, some part of having a, you know, creating an unfair advantage on the battlefield um, to me is, is something that, that is just truly an honor. And I hope that all of the, uh, you know, warfighters that are coming out 
do find your passion and just understand that, you know, it might take a little while, right? That alignment, you might have to try a few things, you might stub your toe, but just know that you have a skill set that nobody other than the 3% of us that have been in the military really will A, understand, or that you may not even understand that um, it does translate to the civilian world and you have, you know, your tool bag a lot fuller than, you know, the others that are out there interviewing. And a lot of uh, companies will help um, direct and drive you. A good manager will help direct and drive you to education or maybe a different job or whatever that will help propel you for success. So, you know, um, know that you are, it's not a big leap of faith. It's not as big of a leap as you may think, but uh, it's like anything else you've done. There's a little bit of unknown um, out there, but just realize you've got the winning, you know, tools and, and skills uh, to be a success out there in the industry. That's great. Well, I hope listeners appreciate that Alan has not only a full demanding career, but he's got a family of eight. So he's he's got his hands full on both sides. So it means a lot that you would take the time to speak with us today uh, to share your advice of over two decades of experience and building up these skills. And I, I, I also hope listeners appreciate that all of these nuggets of wisdom, they're, they're earned through years and years of work and and uh, learning as, as he's gone along. So thank you, Alan, for your time and thank you for your advice today. No, I appreciate it. Thanks. Thanks for giving me the opportunity to talk today, Justin. And it's been great talking with you. You, you asked all, a lot of good questions. <laughs> thank you. Beyond the Uniform is written and produced by me, Justin Nasiri, with help from our Chief of Staff, Steve Bain, our Editor, Kathleen Dillon, and our Head of Social Media, Janelle Hanf. We are an all-volunteer organization and would greatly appreciate your help in any of the following three ways. First of all, spread the word. Beyond the Uniform has over 360 podcast episodes and 15 on-demand webinars, all offered for free. Help us spread the word on social media and military bases or whatever gets the resource in front of the men and women who need it. Positive reviews on iTunes go a long way towards this as well. Second of all, sponsorship. Beyond the Uniform relies on financial sponsorship to keep us going. There is so much more we'd like to do as well, but just don't have nearly the resources to do so. If you know of a company that would advertise in any way with Beyond the Uniform, please send them our way. Third of all, donations. If you're in a financial financial position to donate, you can find more information on the support section of our website. At our website, beyondtheuniform.org, you'll find over 360 episodes categorized by industry, functional role, and more. You'll also find both free and for purchase resources that take a deeper dive on topics related to career growth. Thank you for your support as we aim to help members of the military community thrive in their post-military career and life.